Welcome to Audit Bites, the show where we give you bite-sized chunks of information and education to help you excel in your audit career. Join our host, Robert Berry, as we tackle another tough auditing topic this week. need internal audit, SOX, or IT audit support, contact Thomas Molinex at Revision Management Consulting. Based in Houston, Texas, his experts average 15 years experience in a variety of industries and business types. Contact Thomas today via Messenger here on LinkedIn or at Thomas at r-vmc.com. Again, that is Thomas at r-vmc.com. Hey, hey, my friends, welcome to episode number 21 of Audit Bites. And you've seen the title, Auditors, your jobs are in jeopardy. Auditors, your jobs are in jeopardy. Remember, Audit Bites is the very first live show where we discussed, well, auditing. Right here on LinkedIn, you can find some of our videos on YouTube. And if you go to auditbytes.com, you can pick up some CPE just for watching, well, me. You've seen the topic. Let's just hop right into it. I don't know how many of you all have seen the recent story coming out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where at a recent meeting, they terminated the long-term director of internal audit. Here's the thing. I can sit here and tell you what happened and I can recount the story for you or I can just pull up a news story that tells it all. We're using this clip under fair use. So let's take a look and see what happened and then let's talk about it and why you should all be concerned, why we should all be concerned. So let's just take a listen, my friends. Today, no fancy intros. We're just diving right into it because this is an extremely serious topic. If you're joining me here, drop into the chat. Let me know where you're from and let's get to it. Without a job after launching an investigation into the police chief. And now questions are rising about his sudden firing. Let's go to local 10's Christina Vasquez, who dug deeper for and She's joining us live tonight from Fort Lauderdale with more. Christina. Does the city charter here in Fort Lauderdale allow its independent auditor to conduct independent investigations, or does the auditor need to seek permission from the commission? That remains a central issue tonight. Commissioner McKenzie? No. Commissioner Sorensen? Yes. In this late evening vote by Fort Lauderdale commissioners and Mayor Tuesday, it took just seconds. Mr. Glassman? Yes. Mayor Trentals? Yes. And John Herbst's 16 years of service as city auditor. I was given 60 days notice. Abruptly fired, and it came after this. All right, so let's talk about this for just one moment here. Did you notice the first thing they said was what was under contention was whether the auditor actually had the right to do investigations. Now, I want you auditors to pay attention here because we're not even talking about the results of the investigation. 
We're talking about the people who did it and did they have the authority to do it. What about the results? If someone slaps you, <laughs> are you going to question whether they had the authority to slap you or not? Or are you going to question the fact that they slapped your face? Pay close attention, auditors. But we're going to get right back to this news story in just one minute. But let's acknowledge our beautiful audience. Wendy is here. Hello, Wendy from Jacksonville, Florida, my friend. How are you? Michelle is here from Denver, Colorado. Michelle, let me just tell you, you guys have transferred some of that weather here. I woke up this morning. It was 23 degrees. I don't like it. You can have it. You can take it back. So let's get back to our story. Let's get back to our story. It's my understanding that you're engaged in an audit of the police chief. The mayor questioning why the city auditor is investigating police chief Larry Scarato for possibly working a second job as an NCAA referee while on the taxpayer's dime. We received an anonymous complaint that the chief was engaged in secondary employment at the same time he was supposed to be on duty. And so we had an obligation to investigate that. Under whose authority? Under my authority under the charter. The mayor disagrees. He is arguing the auditor is there to take assignments from commission, not conduct independent investigations. Mayor, in 16 years, I have never had a commissioner tell me that I should or should not investigate anything. This All right, my friends, let's pay attention here. The mayor has just said that the auditor should be performing engagements under the commission's direction, not as an independent body. So let's think about this. If you purposely send people out on things that you want them to investigate, you're probably missing out on the true story of what's happening in your organization. But the last time I checked in no audit charter and no audit department on this planet, are you doing work under the guise and direction of a board or a commission under a commission? You come up with an independent audit plan that you have approved by the board and you perform independent investigations based on the information that you receive. Now, this guy received an anonymous complaint from someone and he says that it was well within his right to investigate it. But let's let the news story continue. This will be the first time this has ever happened. It was probably best to part company. Mayor Dean Trentellis today described friction over the chief investigation as a tipping point. There's been some frustration over the years. I have lost confidence. Have you lost confidence? And it seemed to come to a head that night. It was basically a secret investigation that he was involved with. Calling it a secret, a false claim, according to Herps in this email sent to mayor and commissioners Thursday, adding that, quote, the city manager and city attorney's office were both apprised of the forensic investigation from the very beginning. All right, my friends. So let me just pause one more moment because we're calling it a secret investigation again. We've not once talked about the results of the investigation, though. The things that were alleged, were they true or were they not true? Now, the city auditor is saying it wasn't a secret. There were at least two people that knew about this investigation. That's normally the way that it works. You're going to tell a few people about what's happening because when a complaint comes in, you have no idea if it's credible or not. You have no idea if there's enough information to warrant an investigation. Here's what I will say. If you need to tell everyone about every complaint that you receive, then they'll start complaining that you're over communicating. But again, we've not talked about the results of the investigation. We're harping on 
Well, it was done in secret, which we know that it was not. So let us continue with the news story. When we asked a police spokesperson if the chief was working a second job on city time, they replied simply no. My office is impartial, independent, professional. We don't pick winners and losers. We're not part of anybody's agenda. In Herb's time investigating fraud, waste and abuse, not a single disciplinary action could be found. An unblemished record. The city's website states that audit activities shall remain free of influence. Motion carries. Does it send a message to future auditors that they will not be independent? Our auditor that we hire is to handle matters that we want investigated. All right, my friends, let me pause one more time. The auditor that they hire is to handle matters that they want investigated. So by that logic, let's just say, let's just say the mayor had a child that was actually working for the mayor's office and that it wasn't a conflict of interest or nepotism because they got it adequately approved. Now, let's say that someone had an allegation against the mayor's child and the mayor decided to say, I don't want you to investigate that. You see, the statement that he just made should concern all of the citizens in Fort Lauderdale and it should concern all of you internal auditors because if we allow this type of behavior and attitude and thought process surrounding our job to permeate other organizations, we're not in for a good time at work. We're not in for a job that's fair, impartial, and, un and, uh, and balanced. But we're not done yet. It gets better or, well, worse, depending on how you look at it, right? Now, because he has that 60-day notice, it is anticipated that the auditor will complete that investigation into the complaint against the police chief and be able to hand off the final report to the commission before he departs. And at that point, it will become a public record. Reporting live for you from Fort Lauderdale, I'm Christina Vasquez. Local All right, my friends, let's give a shout out to Christina Vasquez down there because she did an excellent job reporting on this situation. Now, while I'm here, let's go back to you beautiful people in the audience because I love having you guys here. Lori is here. Lori, how's it going? Now, I'm going to say your name wrong, but I want you to tell me how to pronounce your first name. Isa Morgan, you're here from South Africa. That's a long way. Thank you very much for being here. And Leslie, my friend, is here. Hello to you too, Leslie. And Gupta is here. My man, Gupta, you're joining us from Qatar. And we have our anonymous LinkedIn user. I cheated again. I think that's my friend, Daniel Clark. Yes, it is. Daniel, good to see you here. And Wendy, always bringing the funny. Look, I'm pretty sure that you aren't supposed to announce that you're doing an investigation. Yeah, it's kind of what I thought too, Wendy. It's kind of what I thought too. But again, back to the primary point that I made, we're sitting here arguing that the auditor have the authority to do an investigation without even discussing the results of the investigation. That is how you know that something is wrong. And if you guys stick around long enough, I got five points for you. When you feel like your job may be in jeopardy, I got five points, five things I want you to consider and five things I want you to do. So while we're here at this spot, let's continue this conversation. But what I want to do now is really dig into the story and tell you guys some more information that they did not cover in this news report. But before I do that, let's backtrack and summarize for just one minute. The city auditor in the city of Fort Lauderdale received a complaint that the police chief was working essentially two jobs, and he was working while he was on the clock. 
The, the allegation was he was the police chief working and also he was a ref for uh, a college sport. I forgot which sport it was. He did the investigation based on credible evidence. And now he was brought before the commission that he reports to. And after 16 years on the job, they terminated him. They looked at his record. He did not have a single blemish on his record. Yet you heard the mayor say, we've had some problems with him and we've lost confidence. Now, let's add on a little more to this. In the 16 years that he was there, he actually started the audit department from scratch. He had been doing investigations the entire 16 year period that he had been there. So they had been receiving investigation reports in the past. As a matter of fact, in the previous year, there was an investigation of the police chief. Someone said, someone accused him of uh, nepotism, I believe. The investigation ensued and it was determined that he did not violate any policies. So let me get this straight. The commission was okay with the report that exonerated the police chief of any claims. However, they took issue with the one that actually showed that there may be a problem. Okay, so that's one piece of evidence that was not covered in the news story. Let's cover some other things that the news story said. Again, I said, the chief auditor received a credible complaint. He actually received screen prints and things from people as well. Here's what the mayor had to say regarding the person that lodged the anonymous complaint. During the meeting, the mayor used the word cowardice to describe the anonymous complainant. I want you to think about this. When there's something going wrong in organizations, we wonder why people don't come forward. You have a city mayor that called someone who lodged an anonymous complaint, an anonymous complaint that for all practical purposes seems to be fairly true based on what I've seen because they provided this chief auditor with screen prints of the police chief's timesheet as well as social media evidence showing that he was refereeing a game at the same time that he was clocked in. For that, the mayor calls someone a coward. Citizens in Fort Lauderdale, you should take note. Again, watch how I not watch how I'm not going to say a single word that is derogatory about anyone on that commission, but I'm going to provide the evidence that will lead you to believe that something is wrong. Okay. So now, it's Chief Auditor Herbst. He was hired in 2006. He's the only city auditor that they've ever had. And again, like I said, he built the department from the ground up. For 16 years, he's conducted several investigations, including one that was a that was um, an allegation to the uh, against the police chief, where the police chief was found to be innocent of what was alleged. For this chief auditor's credit, he actually brought this to the attention of the commission. He said, you've seen final reports in the past and have had no objections at that point in time. But what they decided to do was give him a 60 days notice and four months of severance. They terminated his employment with the organization. So now, what happened after that is pretty amazing and I really need to commend this chief auditor on what he did and how he handled the situation. He wrote a letter involved and we're going to read that letter. And then I'm going to give you 
five points, five things you need to consider when you're an auditor in an organization, five things you need to consider when auditing in an organization. But here's the letter that this chief auditor wrote. He said, mayors and commissioners, as you are all aware, I am an at-will employee of the city. As such, it is your right to terminate me with a majority vote of the committee you chose as a body to do that on Tuesday. I accept your decision with grace and without emotion or anger. This is a professional relationship between the commission as the employer and myself as the employee, and I have treated it as such. Accordingly, I have turned down requests from several news outlets asking me to speculate on the personal motives of the individual commissioners that voted for my termination. I expect the same in return. Let me just say this man is my hero. He goes on to say, you can imagine my dismay when I read the comments in today's Sun Sentinel article regarding my conduct motives and professionalism. The Sun Sentinel is the newspaper down there or it's the online journal out news outlet nowadays. We don't have many newspapers anymore, right? Here's what one of the comments, <clears throat> here's what he said. This whole episode is very unorthodox. Um, it's what someone said to the Sun Sentinel. We've never had an auditor go rogue and engage in a secret investigation without the authority of the commission. This is what a representative of the commission said about this chief auditor. Now, mind you, this very same commission has received investigation reports from this auditor in the past. As a matter of fact, they received one in the previous year regarding the police chief where it turned out that the allegations were false. So now there's a problem because they received an, a report that probably turns out to be true. We'll see in the end. They go on to say, I think this is part of an effort to embarrass the chief because there are people in the department who are trying to undermine his authority. Now, let me put a pause here for just one moment. This may very well be true, but if you don't seek an, an objective investigation, you're just as bad as the people who are trying to undermine his authority. And let me, let me explain what I mean by that. There are a few things that could be happening here. If they've gotten multiple complaints about this police chief, it is very well possible that he is a very good guy who inherited a corrupt environment and the people in the environment are trying to slander his name. That's very well possible. But that also means that it is also possible that it is a good environment and he is the bad egg. I say that to say, if you kill any attempts to do an objective evaluation, you will never get down to the truth. Now, again, to the citizens of Fort Lauderdale, though, what this should be telling you is they don't want an objective investigation. Why would you not want an independent and objective party to do a bias-free investigation? Take note of that, auditors. We just saw a clip of the mayor saying that any auditor they hire will be working under their direction and discretion. You should be concerned by that. You as audit professionals, you as citizens in Fort Lauderdale, you should be concerned by that. He also called a whistleblower who chose to remain anonymous a coward. Now, if this person is a coward, I would say that you, sir, have a bias. You have a bias because you called someone who chose to keep their identity silent a coward. All right. Take note, citizens in Fort Lauderdale, you should be concerned. Now, this auditor goes on to say, 
I had the honor of serving for 16 years as the city auditor. During that time, I conducted numerous audits slash investigations in the same fashion as the one that the commission took exception to. A report of each of these prior audits slash investigations was given to the commission and at no time was there ever a question or comment as to whether I had the ability or the right to conduct those audits. Not once during all those years have I asked the commission to approve an audit in advance. Up until the specific forensic audit investigation, this has been the standard operating practice and was accepted by the commission. He goes on to say, calling me rogue is both defamatory and impugns my professional reputation. It is going to cause me significant economic damage by limiting my ability to seek future employment. It is an inappropriate action by you as my employer. Finally, the implication that I undertook a secret investigation is false. The city manager and city attorney were both appraised, appraised sorry, of the forensic investigation from the very beginning. I have not maligned the commission in any way and respectfully request that you refrain from maligning my credibility in return. Sign on Herbst, CPA, CGFO, CGMA, City Auditor, City of Fort Lauderdale. Let me just say, this man is my hero. Here's the thing. When you are dealing with people who want to attack the person and not the issue, something is wrong. So here's the question that I ask auditors after hearing all that, are your jobs in jeopardy? If there are a lot of people who think like this in this world, yes, your jobs are in jeopardy. So before I get into my five points to consider, here's what I want to say. Anybody who sees this man's name come across any job application where he is qualified, you interview him. Because here's a man that I see that has high moral and ethical standards when it comes to his job. Here's a man that I would love to walk side by side with on any freaking audit engagement. Because you realize that on any job application. He's going to have to check this field that says, have you ever been asked to step down from a job? And he's going to have to check yes. And you're going to say why? Very few of you are going to dig into the situation and determine why. I'm going to drop the link to the story in the comments so that you can see his first and last name. His name is John Herbst. It's spelled H-E-R-B-S-T. I may be pronouncing it wrong. I hope not. But when you see this man's application come through, if he is qualified for the job that he is seeking, you pull that and you call him. Now, now that I've gotten that rant out of the way, by the way, look at that book right there, Creating Wonderful Work Papers. It is the very first book written about audit work papers. Pick up yourself a copy. You can go to wonderfulworkpapers.com to take a look at it. So now we've had this city auditor who has been terminated from his job for essentially doing his job. Auditors, you need to stand together against this nonsense because it, it is bull crap. It is BS. So here's my very, very, very first point that I want to make today. 
when you see stuff like this, the first thing you need to do is be aware of emotional barriers. And you're probably wondering, what in the world do I mean by emotional barriers? Well, here's what I mean. Oftentimes when there's a contentious situation, what people do is they're so stuck in their feelings that it builds up this wall and it stops them from analyzing the facts, data and statistics that are right in front of them. Those emotional barriers can stop them from seeing the truth. But the other thing those emotional barriers can do is they can harm you as a professional, because what people will do is they will start to attack you and your character instead of the issue that you're bringing forth. Now, see, we auditors, we're typically some logical people. And we think that if we just simply talk to people and present them with the facts, they will understand the situation. That is not the case. Most of us respond emotionally first. So when you see this, you need to be aware of those emotional barriers. That is the very first thing that I want you to do is be aware of the emotional barriers, because as you can see in this situation, this gentleman has been terminated from his job for doing his job. Second thing I want you to do is don't overreact. We just read the letter that he sent to the commission. Doggone it. I'll say it again. This man is my hero. He was very calm. He was very polite. Now, Here's one thing that I didn't tell you guys, the entire meeting, they had an entire commission meeting, four hours worth. It's on YouTube. I'm going to drop a link into the chat later on, and I'm going to try to mark the pieces where they talk about him so that you don't have to watch the full four hours because I was doing a lot of fast forwarding through. He was very calm in demeanor the entire meeting. He responded respectfully and factually to everything that they said. For example, notice he asked them, well, for 16 years, I've been your chief auditor and I've been doing investigations and you've not had a problem. As a matter of fact, I did an investigation last year of this same police chief and it turned out that the allegations against him were unfounded and you had no problem with that report. Why is it that you now have a problem with the report where it looks like he's probably doing what was alleged? You see, there were crickets when he said that. He didn't say it exactly like that, but you know, <laughs> there were crickets when he brought up that point. So when you're faced with this kind of, kind of situation, do not overreact. That is exactly what people want you to do so that now they can attack your character. The third thing that I want you to do is stick to the facts. You see, facts don't care about your feelings, but we live in a world where we now allow people to lean forward with their feelings and say and do any and everything that they want to say and do. Now, Shri is here and Shri says, that is important. Be aware of the emotional barriers. Don't overreact. This is huge. Stay calm when you are in the moment. Darn right, stay calm, because as soon as you say something out of character, they're going to say, see, we told you he couldn't be trusted. They're going to wait for you to slam something down on the table or slam a chair into the desk so that they can then try to say, you're emotionally unstable. So stick to the facts. First thing I want you to do is be aware of the emotional barriers. Second thing is <clears throat> don't overreact. The third thing I want you to do is stick to the facts. Now, this fourth thing, this fourth thing is probably going to make some of you laugh, but I really do mean this. Don't try to fix dumb. Let me say that again. Don't try to fix dumb. Let me explain to you what dumb really looks like. You've got somebody that's been working for you for 16 years. He's been doing investigations using the same methodology for about 16 years, possibly just tweaking it a little bit along the way. Now, one thing pops up that you don't like and you say, well, we've had a problem with him all along. 
but he was there for 16 years. That sounds kind of dumb. Now, again, notice I'm not saying that these people are dumb. What I'm saying is the things that we're hearing right now are dumb. There's a difference between those two things. We just saw a mayor call a whistleblower who anonymously provided some evidence to an auditor as a coward. That's kind of dumb. Now you understand why he remained anonymous, because he didn't want a backlash. He or she did not want some sort of backlash. So here's what I want you to do, because well, here's what we do as auditors. Since we're logical thinkers, we think if we talk to them and present the evidence, they're going to see what's happening. They're going to understand it. Nope. Some people will. Some people won't. Don't try to fix dumb because it's going to be at your peril because you are going to be frustrated by what's happening. The next thing I want you to do is protect yourself. And by that, here's what I mean. I want you to gather all of your performance evaluations because they're going to try and slander your name. And you notice, he said, out of the 16 years I've been here, there's not been a single performance evaluation where you've said my behavior and my performance was bad. So gather your evidence and protect yourself. Don't expect anyone else to do that for you. Protect yourself. No one is coming to save you. Now, Wendy, always with the great comments, says, sounds like they think they know who the whistleblower is. Mm, I was thinking the same thing, Wendy. But even if they don't, to call someone a coward who wants to call out something that is going against your company policy, that makes me question your integrity. Picture this now. Someone said, I see something that's bad at my company and it goes against company policy. So I'm going to write this anonymous letter and I'm going to disclose the fact that something is happening that is against company policy. And then you turn around and call that person a coward. Well, that tells me that you probably don't believe in the policies that you've put forth in your organization. Again, citizens of Fort Lauderdale, you should be concerned. You should be concerned by the individual actions that you've seen and heard on the news station because they don't make sense. They don't make sense at all. So let's continue this conversation just a little bit. So auditors, are your jobs in jeopardy? Yes, they are. If you sit by and let things that happen, like what we're talking about today, continue to fester and you don't say anything. Now, here's what I will say. The Institute of Internal Auditors actually responded. They wrote a letter in response. Very proud of that. I'm so glad that they responded. But here we have someone who built an audit department from the ground up, worked there for 16 years, has been doing investigations and audits for 16 years, had an investigation of the police chief where someone provided them with screen prints and evidence that shows that something was probably wrong. We have a commission, a council in the city that decided to terminate his employment and to a certain extent, slander his name because they said that they've always had problems with him, but yet there's no previous performance evaluation that shows that he performed poorly. I said a few minutes ago, when you see this man's name come through on job applications, if he is qualified for that job, pull it. Because that's the kind of person I want working for me, someone who will stand up for right, even if it means costing him his job. Even if it means costing him his job. His name is John Herbst, H-E-R-B-S-S-T. Now, 
What happens if you're facing a situation like this? First thing I want you to do is beware of the emotional barriers. The people who are attacking you, they aren't bad people. They're just doing something that is bad. They're responding emotionally to a rational situation. So don't you start projecting your anger on them. So be aware of the emotional barriers. Second thing I want you to do is don't overreact because what they're doing is waiting on you to overreact. They're waiting on you to get mad. They're waiting on you to fight for your job. Don't fight for this thing if it means moving your moral compass. Your moral compass should be pointed in a certain direction and you should not allow anyone else to move that thing, right? Third thing I want you to do is stick to the facts. Now, here's what I mean by facts though, because we live in an age where people wanna make up facts. What I want you to do is consider the consensus. This is what I say, consider the consensus. Now, here's what I mean when I say consider the consensus. What that means to me is, well, you are going to gather a bunch of facts and those facts are going to draw you to a conclusion rationally and logically. Whatever that conclusion is, you need to go with that conclusion because what that means is something is happening. People are going to be telling you, trying to convince you that that's something that you're seeing is different from reality. You're going to have a whole series of facts that show you exactly what's happening. Don't listen to people who bring you emotional nonsense. Again, we have a guy who's been working for place for 16 years and not a bad performance evaluation. He did an investigation of police chief in one year and everything showed that, well, the allegation was false. You were OK with that. He did another investigation that showed, well, he may have done the thing that we're accusing him of. And you did have a problem with that. Something's not right. Now, Wendy is saying that she hopes that he brought up uh, the IIA standards during the meeting. He alluded to them. He said that he's been following the same standards for the last 16 years. And again, the Institute of Internal Auditors did respond. and They did a very good response as well. But again, you need to consider the consensus. What is the truth from all of the facts, data, and statistics in your surrounding? I'm, I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you a logical and personal example as to what I mean by consider the consensus. Okay, so I was a chief auditor for a university for about nine and a half years. Very good place to work. Awesome place. Uh, I still talk to a lot of the people that are there because, well, they were just freaking awesome. It was in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's actually where I met my friend Wendy, who you see commenting here. Now, I left that job. The next job I had, I worked there for about three and a half years. Now, the job that I worked for for three and a half years had a news story that made international headlines. International headlines. Let me show you what one of the headlines was. I want to show you what considering the consensus is when you want to figure stuff out and it looks strange. So check the, check this headline out. This headline says university suspends three professors after photo emerge of one dressed as a Confederate general and two posing with whip and noose during an on-campus party. Let me show you guys what this looks like here. This happened in 2014. You see this? Here's an individual holding a noose a judge, and then another person holding a noose around their neck. I kind of think that certain segments of the population would look at this a certain way and really be kind of turned off by this. This happened in 2014. I went to work for the organization in 2016. This article came out in 2020. 
that's a long period of time for some things to be happening in an organization that look, well, strange. Okay, now let's talk about another thing. When you say consider the consensus, when you look at things, if you watch the show that I do on Fridays called the Friday Froster with Kelly Paxton and Joe Irvin, we just talked about a water of an electric utility from a small town called Pritchard, Alabama, which is right outside of where this organization is located. This was a huge fraud. It was nepotism, favoritism. A woman had a job where she was making $150,000 a year. She hired her son on at $70,000 a year, and they used the credit card for this organization to go to Louis Vuitton and a few other places. That's pretty interesting. But wait a minute, it gets better. So let's talk about this region as a whole. This region of the world, right now it's Mardi Gras season. So let's talk about Mardi Gras season. Mardi Gras is great, right? A lot of people think that Mardi Gras was created and established in Mobile, uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana, but it wasn't. It was created in Mobile, Alabama. Do you know right now in Mobile, Alabama, they have segregated Mardi Gras? There's a black Mardi Gras and then there's a white Mardi Gras. So now, based on everything that I just said, what would you think the operating environment is like in that region of the world? By the way, what do you think the operating environment would be like for me as a black man in that region of the world? So when I say consider the consensus, here's what I mean. Take all the facts, data, and statistics that you see, not what people say, and draw some logical conclusions based on everything that you see. So look, you guys, we have an auditor in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who has been terminated from his position. He was terminated from his position because he did an investigation in which, well, from what I can tell, no one has questioned the results of the investigation. What they've said is, you don't have the authority to do this investigation. Well, screw that. What about the results? What they've said is, we've had some problems with your performance, yet after 16 years, there's not a single bad performance evaluation anyone has brought up. What they've said is, you went rogue on this investigation, yet he said that there were at least two other people that he informed of the investigation. When you consider the consensus there, everything that we just talked about, who do you think is telling the truth in this situation? Again, this man's name is John Hurst. As he looks for a job, if you see this man's name come through and he is qualified for the job, you better pick him up very quickly. Alaba, my man is here. Alaba, we got to get on a call, man, real soon. It's been, a, it's been too long since we've caught up. He says, I've learned my lesson. I just want to move on with my good works. If some stakeholders emotionally emotionally feel bad about my professional conduct without fact. Yeah, man. Some people can't handle the truth. So auditors, is your job in jeopardy? It probably is if you condone this kind of behavior. If you don't say something when you see something wrong. If you don't support auditors who are in this situation like Mr. John Herbst. So, my friends, I want to thank you guys for staying with me on this episode of Audit Bites. Go to www.auditbytes.com to see past episodes. By the way, here's the last thing I want to say today. If you guys want to start a community where we support one another when we face bull crap like this, send me an email and all I want to all I want you to put in the subject line is support. Yes, I'm starting an audit support group. Somebody needs to do it. So if you're down for it, let's get it started because what I'm going to do is establish a time that's convenient for people in different time zones across the world. And we're going to meet once a month 
and we are going to support one another. Why? Because we need one another, because this kind of crap, this is not acceptable. This is not something that you should sign up for. This is not something that we should condone in our workplaces. So send me an e a LinkedIn message or rob at that auditguy.com. Rob at that auditguy.com is my email address. Just put in the subject line support. Tell me your name, where you're from, and let's get this thing started. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Audit Bites. We will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Audit Bites. If you want to do more, see more, be more, check out our website at auditguy.com where you will find quality training. Audit merch. Yes, we have hats, shirts, and other apparel, as well as past copies of this podcast and the Friday Froster podcast. www.thatauditguy.com. Thanks for joining us.